Today, we'll be talking about something that everyone seems to be talking about. You guessed it, digital transformation. That phrase has dominated every industry on the planet for the past few years. And today's guest will help us demystify the entire concept of digital transformation. Shane Fox is the co-founder and CEO of Link3D. And Link3D works on the front lines of the entire digital transformation journey. They help organizations around the world optimize their AM workflows. And on today's show, Shane and I will talk about the state-of-the-art capabilities of today's AM. The smart way to begin your digital transformation journey and how to see through the buzzwords and focus on practical benefits. Shane, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Fabian. It's a... Uh... It's an honor. I appreciate uh, you asking me to, to be a part of this new initiative EOS has and, and happy election day. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. It's, uh, it stays exciting, not only uh, in politics, but also in additive manufacturing. And <laughs> Shane, let's, uh, let's dive right into that. So you've, you've seen so many organizations uh, implementing additive manufacturing into their operations. What, what's your five-year vision of the additive manufacturing industry? It's a great question. So, so yeah, you know, I have been very fortunate um, to have gotten into the additive space about 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, again, I'm very lucky and I'm very fortunate. I've, I've gotten to travel around the world with my last startup within technologies and and then our choir Autodesk, and and then I was given the opportunity to, to launch Link 3D, and you know it, it's been an amazing journey, and it's so cool to have watched Additive go from this R&D tool that maybe you know we can integrate into the supply chain for production to this conversation today where I don't think there's a question of if additive is a production technology or not. I think it's how do we scale it and how do we take full advantage of it and use it from a more pragmatic point of view for businesses so they can achieve return on investment and they can compete in the market for new uh, market share or to retain the current market share they have. So it's been an amazing journey and I've you know, I've been boots on the ground for 10 years I, I, and, I, and it's just been really cool. And I'm still to this day fascinated by the lasers and the powder and the processes and how it all works. It's still fascinating to me. And uh, so, you know, I, 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 uh, I have been, you know, boots on the ground involved for a long time. And, and I think from Link3D's perspective, you know, I love how you mentioned the buzzwords, IoT and digital transformation and industry 4.0 and, you know, how do we fit into that? And I think it's all about practicality and it's all about listening, right? For, for a long time, I think the industry, the, the players in the space, we have really done a great job at pushing the boundaries um, from the speed and the material options and the processes and the software and the hardware, all these things combined, we, we have really created this market because I think a lot of us who've been in the space knew that this is a reputable um, form of manufacturing, not just from a return on investment, but from a sustainable aspect as well. And it has so many great benefits. Um, 
So for Link3D, the next five years, you know, we, we want to focus on how can our software and how can the hardware players in the space um, interact with one another to deliver a solution that the customer needs to scale and to optimize and to move into more of a predictive state of manufacturing to achieve a return on investment. So we, as an industry, can stay obviously healthy and alive and push the boundaries. So for us, it's all about learning, listening, and moving into the predictive side of, of the workflows and the manufacturing techniques that are, that are out there today. Okay. Um, and that's a really good point. And you, know, you, you mentioned the digital transformation of manufacturing itself, but I think um, it is also a digital transformation of additive manufacturing, which as of today and years ago when you entered this field, uh, we're still very manual and, and non-digital, right? So can you explain a bit, little bit more what the, the current state of the art is when it comes to additive manufacturing and IoT and digital transformation? And you know, what are just buzzwords and what is the reality? What can we do today? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a great point. I, I mean, uh, if I go to the first point that you brought up, I think, I think what's interesting is for so long, for many years, a lot of organizations and people who were you know, excited about the technology and they were technologists, um, kind of in the, the kind of the crossing the chasm, bully and distribution, that's how I see it, that we focus so much on the machines and what went into the machines and what came out of the machines. And I think as the players in the space like EOS have invested you know, millions of dollars into research, into optimizing their technology, into making it a much more sustainable form of manufacturing and integrating it into the supply chain, the shift over the past four years has now been what environment do these machines live in? How can we achieve you know, capacity optimization? How can we achieve 100% yield from an actual build? How can we achieve all of the quality metrics and standards that we either put on us internally as an organization or that regulatory bodies require us to meet? And as we've seen that shift, you know, that has been a perfect opportunity right, for Link3D and other players to come in and help organizations focus on the infrastructure, not just the hardware, not just the materials, not just the output, but the full end-to-end process. And the reason I, I say this or I talk about this is because for so long, you know, you heard IoT. Let's just pick IoT. And the concept sounds really cool. The Internet of Things, right? Sounds exciting. But really when you're a company and you hear all of these buzzwords and you hear of all of these promises, you have to like sit down and really think like, okay, well, how does IOT actually play into my digital, let's just say my digital transformation or my digital manufacturing strategy. So, you know, we, we as a company, you know, obviously we have IOT solutions, we have digital transformation solutions, but we needed to break it down 
right, into an actual pragmatic, practical use case. So when you look at that, you know, where does IoT fit for additive? Well, you know, we believe it fits with connectivity to your machine. Simple as that. And it's not just, is my machine on or is my machine off or is my machine down? But it's, it's starting to move into the sensor data. Right? How do we collect information from a digital manufacturing technique and process that? And, and when we process all the information, what does that mean, right? So things like predictive build failures or predictive maintenance, right? Very simple things. You, we don't have to, 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 to go wild in concepts. We can look at traditional manufacturing and think, okay, what has been missing for so long? And then you look at additive and you fit that into the pie and you have to say, okay, this technology affords us the opportunity to truly transform digitally. And then how could we take advantage of all of these amazing software and hardware developments, right? Like machine connectivity to help us get smarter with AR designs or orientations, um, our parameter settings, the materials that we choose to use. And then during the build, you know, how can we eliminate going through a full end-to-end -end process if there's an error you know, in the very beginning or the, the middle, we can save time, we can save money, we can help engineers become smarter. We're not trying to replace people, right, through IoT and automation. We're trying to give the engineers better insight, better tools, better processes. And, and I think that's where IoT really can truly fit into additive. There's many other ideas that we have, but I want to give the, the, the listeners a simple example. And last part is i think the, the the sad but true part is there's there's really i hate to say it but there's really no place for our artisanal approach for production manufacturing and the verticals we focus on it it's all good and well that we have these people who are experts and they have this artisanal craft to orientation or support structures or design or or specific parameters and tweaking of these machines, but we have to use the intelligence from the actual hardware to lessen that artisanal approach and automate that approach more and give the insights back to these, you know, these once artisanal engineers to, to design smarter and more efficient and to optimize their processes. So at the end of the day, the company can get the parts, you know, through regular regulation, through quality, and they can get them faster to market to capture or retain new market share. So I found it interesting when you brought up that artisanal, you know, kind of a style of manufacturing. I, I just think it's deadly for our industry and we have to move past that. So I hope that answers your question. It was a long-winded answer. But, oh, totally. Uh, and I think I'm glad you brought up knowledge, right? Because um, we do have artisanal approaches and knowledge within the industry that um, were necessary you know, to bring the industry where it is today Absolutely. or to scale into a digital transformation of the manufacturing industry in order to push towards a more sustainable manufacturing industry. We need to uh, move into, into a more digitized production workflow. Now, you, you mentioned IoT and you mentioned system connectivity. What else do I need to have in place in order to move 
further towards a digitized production environment. I mean, there's, there's additional buzzwords out there that I mentioned earlier, such as data lakes uh, that t- people talk about, uh, big data analytics. Um, if you could imagine you're the perfect organization that utilizes all available tools as of today, what would they have in place? Well, that's a great question, Fabian. For me, and this, this has always been something that's important to me. First and foremost, you need a team that agrees on a digital transformation or digital manufacturing strategy. And you have to, in, and you can't just look at the short term. I truly believe we have to look at the long term. So one thing that we do at, at the company is we work with organizations that believe in additive. They, they don't need to be sold on the technology. They understand. They understand enough from a use case perspective. They'll discover lots more as time goes by, right? We're at the tip of the iceberg, but it all starts with the team and a strategy and the end goal. Is your end goal to have true distributed manufacturing and low volume production? Is your goal sustainability? Is your goal to create new geometries that could never have been created before to bring new products or to redesign products. You know, what is the true goal of what you're trying to do? You know, it all, for me, it all starts there. It's team, it's strategy, you know, and it's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work. You got to get everybody on board and believing, you know, because, you know, if, if you have some key people who just don't believe in the digital transformation aspect or the, 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 the vision of where the company is going, you have to resolve that first. You have to get people on board to agree. And then I think the second thing, you know, is, is then you come back to the short term and you have to look at your infrastructure. You know, simple things like, are we, are we moving to the cloud as a company? And, and I'll, I'm going to digress slightly. What's been fascinating, and I, I'm curious to know if you have seen this, is since the pandemic has started customers that we support obviously we we work closely together on on a couple key accounts which we won't mention but the shift from on premise to cloud has blown my mind it's almost like finally finally you know there's as you know there's a lot of um, distrust or unknowns and i think the cloud computing industry has done such a phenomenal job at truly getting enterprises to realize all of the cost benefits and the security benefits and the 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 the, the lowering of of security risks and proving out cloud computing can be you know the the proper infrastructure for a company is most important and when you have an organization that is willing to move their enterprise to cloud phenomenal things can happen phenomenal things. And so I think for us, it's, it's, you know, the first step or the first step I personally believe in after the strategy is set is what type of environment do you want to operate, you know, within not just manufacturing, it could be all aspects of the organization. But once that is decided, you know, then looking at the infrastructure, looking at Obviously, the sites that you have, the capital investments you've made, where are your machines? What type of technology do you have? What do you want to get out of that technology? And then working with 
an organization who obviously they can't just understand Adam. They need to understand, you know, enterprise architecture and enterprise politics. They need to understand infrastructure for a company and marrying a solution that can help from the time you have a design to the time you ship that and retire that in the cradle to grave process, building out an infrastructure that is organized and on a single platform that allows you to configure and scale your enterprise solution is, 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 in my opinion, a must. The days of perpetual, non-scalable, siloed solutions that don't speak to one another, that has to end. It, we as an industry, we as, uh, uh, as technologists need to work together no matter what. And having software and hardware in an infrastructure that can communicate with each other and share information and ex- extremely important data sets and data points, right? That's how you start the knowledge, the feedback, that optimization loop, you know? So that's where the data lake buzzword comes in, right? You know, I always hate the word big data because anything that's big overwhelms me. I get anxiety, right? I want to know what the information means. How do I process it? How do I have a unified data layer that can speak to CAD, can speak to hardware, can speak to ERPs, PLMs, and process that information. And at the end of the day, tell me what I want to know. And that's also a huge part. So, you know, it's kind of a long-winded answer, but when you come back, you know, an organization has to look beyond the machine and the material. They have to look at the infrastructure. They have to look at all of the data that they can essentially produce from these systems how do you aggregate it together? And then how do you have rule sets and KPIs that tell you something that's meaningful to your business, right? Um, and that's really where we, we partner, where we love, those are the customers that we love that get that and want that. They just don't know how to do it, right? Not everyone is an expert in this stuff and you know, that, that's okay. So for me, it's, it's all about the infrastructure, the layer of unified information, the connectivity between systems, you know, those are all the buzzwords, but just broken down into much more simplistic terms. And, uh, and, and lastly is, you know, I think big software companies, right? You know, they are so focused on margin, right? And they're so focused on automation and reducing customer service and customer ops. And, you know, in manufacturing, you still need a team, right? You still need to be able to communicate with your provider. You know, no one wants to go to uh, a bot to ask questions. No one wants to go to these knowledge bases and search for the answers. They want a human, right? Think of our credit cards. I, I call my bank. I just want to talk to a human being. And there's so many software companies that we've spoken with manufacturers, they can't get that. They have to figure out and troubleshoot because it's all about the margin. How can we reduce headcount to increase our software margins for our investors? So one thing that, and not to talk about Link3 is, a huge part of the investment that we've received and a huge part of this culture of the company is our customer operations team. You need to talk to, you need to change, you need to add a machine, you need to add connectivity. You want to figure out how to write a rules engine for KPIs, pick up the phone, you talk to us, we'll help you build it out in the configuring in the back end. So I, I, I think you still need a lot of handholding and you need, a, you need to believe in the partner that you select. We'll pick up the phone, we'll be on site, we'll work with you because it's all new to everybody. Right. So long winded answer. I don't know if I fully answered it correctly. I went no, off. No, you did. You did. Very, very good. And, and maybe let me, let me just briefly summarize. Um, 
And I really like your approach that you that you take where you say it all starts with a team. Right? It all starts with a team that you know that I oftentimes call the transformation team. Right? That is a cross-functional uh, a team that represents every vertical of the value chain. Uh, and they all agree onto a certain strategy. And I think this is the key for, for any technology implementation, right? Whether you, you're uh, trying to identify additive manufacturing or industry 4.0 or a certain uh, um, um, artificial intelligence uh, operations, right? You need a buy-in from that, uh, that cross-functional team and you need uh, all of the, the knowledge that you, can, that you can capture. Yeah, and I would even say software is a core component of uh, moving towards um, the vision of a distributed manufacturing environment with digital inventories, uh, whether if it's for existing parts or spare parts and end-of-life parts. Um, in the end, we do have the manufacturing technology. We do not have that network and that the knowledge and the intelligence in that network in order to distrib distribute digital products towards digital manufacturing facilities when they are needed and where they are needed. So I'm very, I very much look forward to, um, to, to watching what, what you guys are doing, to, uh, to, to see what other industries out there and other uh, manufacturing and OEM players are doing out there towards uh, pushing the manufacturing industry towards a more, more sustainable and more responsible uh, way of producing responsible. parts. It's key. Yeah. And, and you know, I, the one thing I, I would say to that is what's been really interesting and really cool for us is, you know, we, we've been vertical agnostic because the software has so much configurability and it has, so it, it gives, what we try to do is we try to give the companies their, the power back to them to be able to scale out a solution that will obviously fit their internal workflows, their quality, their compliance regulations, you know, so on and so forth. But what's been really cool is that a strategy of ours is we, we wanted to work with, you know, the top leaders in the verticals that have adopted additive in their pragmatic right point of view, right? So the defense, the automotive, the, the aero, the oil and gas space. And what's been really cool is we've learned from them what distributed manufacturing means to them. They're all thinking about it. And what's been great is, you know, we came in with this idea and this product and what we thought was the right way to do things. And we've been able to take these user groups and combine, you know, principles that they talk about and rules and optimization language and goals that they're trying to achieve within the distributed environment and then slowly integrate that into um, the network that we built. So we have now, we're now getting smarter with the customer that I have a hundred machines. I have seven sites across the world. I'm running certain materials, certain processes. These machines are certified for ITAR. These machines are not, these are prototyping machines. And the fact of the matter is when an engineer submits a part into our system, you know, based on some rules, you can actually automate the distribution. So, you know, it may be optimized on lead time. It may be optimized on production capacity. It may be optimized on post-production uh, capacity, right? So being able to strategically send production parts to locations with intelligence, not just on, oh, this machine's running this material and it can build this part, but looking at the full value stream of the production environment, 
you know, that's what's been really cool because we've come together, we've collected this information and integrated it into the network from the, the algorithmic distribution point. And, uh, and it's cool because a lot of these guys, a lot of these companies are talking about sustainability and reducing their footprint. So it's been, I just, I, I just wanted to comment on that, that point you brought up is it's been a, you know, we're lucky. Link 30 is very, very, we've worked hard, but we are lucky because our customers have wanted to work with us they want to improve our software and our technology. And, and that's where we kind of said, wow, we, we have a place in this industry, right? We're not forcing this solution down people's, people's throats, right? People actually want this and they want to make it better. And they're willing to work with us to share, you know, their internal processes and their IP that we can then share with others. So it's been pretty cool to see, you know, you think these companies really compete, but they share, they work together. And, uh, and, and it's been a really cool experience to, to, to be on that forefront of the distributed side of manufacturing. Yeah. And I think, and that may be, uh, uh very obvious, but I think it's, it's not obvious to a lot of people who uh, are not in the additive manufacturing industry yet. And that we all share, we all work together in a way. And, uh, whether if it's uh, actually your direct competition or if it's, if it's your customer or your supplier, we all work towards defining what the future of additive manufacturing looks like. And we all work towards that joint objective. And I think that's, what very, that's what's very unique about, about this industry. And I think that's, uh, that's something that gets me excited every day uh, uh, to work in this, in this field. And it gets me very, very excited to, to work with, with guys like you, Shane, who, um, who are willing to share their knowledge, right? Who are willing to help uh, companies out there that uh, may or may not imp implement their solution. But, Uh, to grow the industry together by sharing that knowledge and by, by, by really making sure that everybody has the right set of understanding for additive manufacturing. So I agree. really, really uh, thank you a lot for, for being on this podcast. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of your thoughts and your ideas. And uh, I can't wait for, for the next uh, episode that we do together. Yeah, absolutely. And it was my pleasure. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really appreciate EOS giving Link3D a, a voice and a platform. Thanks so much, Shane. Thank you, sir. Hey, Shane. Thank you so much for the insightful discussion today. To learn more about Shane Fox and Link3D, point your browser to link3d.co. That's link3d.co, not link3d.com. That was the end of our first Additive Snacks season. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. And please stay tuned because the next season is just around the corner. 